classic with the man who put it all together. He's one of the most influential comedians in the world. A man who's been called the merchant of mirth in the Middle East. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bob Hope. Thank you, Lou. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Bob Get That Ball Out of My Fairway Hope, welcoming you to the annual Desert Classic this year at Rubal Cali, the only golf course in the world where the golfers yell, cease fire instead of four. <laughs> no, I love it here at Rubal Cali, and what's so special to me, Lou, about winning that award was that it was for making a lot of young American oil executives and technicians laugh while they're doing a tough and dirty job here in the Middle East. I really think they're marvelous. Well, Bob, you've got quite a star-studded lineup of celebrities here today. Yes, we do, Lou, and I'll be catching you later on during the game. You know, well, they're all great kids, and we're all looking forward to seeing them on the show. We got Menachem Begin and Anwar Sadat. They'll be here. And Golda Meir and Yasser Arafat decided to do the show, and I know we're all glad they did. And King Elmir Faoud swung down to do the show. I love that cat, ladies and gentlemen. I really do. And also on the show, we got Lola Heatherton. Now, she's something the Saudis weren't quite ready for. There were a few blowouts on oil wells when she hit the green today, I want to tell you. No, but I love the women here in Saudi Arabia, ladies and gentlemen. They don't vote, they don't drive cars, and you can marry as many of them as you want. And you know, the people around here call King Elmir Faoud the father of their country, and they're not kidding. No, but I feel King Elmir Faoud has really been a marvelous host. I mean, he took us on a tour of his harem, and then we rode his camels. I kind of wish it'd been the other way around. Prolific words of wire trade. Hello, everybody, and Happy New Year. Welcome 
to the Nightfly Podcast with me, Dave Juskow. How are you, everybody? Happy 2021. Oh, it's going to be a good year. It would have to be better than the last one. So lots to look forward to. It's a beautiful, sunny Saturday in Manhattan. This comes out on Tuesday, January 5. It really does look like a new year. Welcome to the Nightfly, everybody. I hope really everybody had a wonderful holiday uh, week and uh, and a happy new year, a good Christmas time, and a good new year. And if you did work, I hope that you actually, you know, if anybody's still working, the only one I know is David Curry, uh, <laughs> but if you did work, I hope you had some time off because uh, that's the way it all used to be, if you remember correctly. Remember we used to get time off between Christmas and New Year's, or that, that was the main thing? And now that's that's not an issue anymore. That's just not something anybody does, because uh, we're off every day. Well, at least I am. I don't think I've worked in two years. In May, it'll be two years, which is the longest I've gone without working uh, ever, because I think I went through a two-year period where I, again, was a professional stand-up comic, and then it stalled, just like here. Well, this time the pandemic helped, but uh, last time I decided I better go back and get a job quick. <laughs> this time, yeah, it'll probably be the same result. But, you know, it's not my fault this time, so I don't have to feel that bad. I mean, 20 years from now, if I have a regular job, they'll be like, well, what happened to you? I'm like, well, the pandemic happened. At least, Well, you know... World War II happened, and uh, what are you going to do? You know, I, I went out and I uh, served my country, and I, when I got back, things were different. I mean, I'd, I guess I wish I could say it more that way, but I, I haven't done anything to serve this country. Except, you know, hoping this podcast brings a little joy into everyone's life that listens to it. You can only hope. So I guess I'm hoping most of you are receiving your tote bags. Again, if you are at the Maggie level, I uh, sent everybody out their unbelievable Nightfly tote bags, which became a reality in the most hilarious of forms. And I'm hoping everybody has uh, received them. There was only one person that did not um, give me or Liz their address that I am uh, waiting for still. So make sure you do that. I, I don't want to call anybody out on name. Uh, but uh, yeah, just make sure you give me your address so I can send it out. Even to Gabriel, who lives in... Uh, I forgot, he lives in Canada. That's a pricey send-out. I forgot about that kind of stuff. The international stuff. I, I, sh- I should have put a thing on that. But, it, of course, it was my pleasure because uh, Gabriel has been an outstanding member of the Nightfly Show and Dave Juskow. And uh, I appreciate you very much. So it was, just, it was just funny when they're like, yeah, that'll be, uh, you know, $20. It wasn't $20, but, uh, you know, I'm like, what?! Oh, right, he lives in Canada. Oh, my chair. I think I'm getting fatter because, you know, uh, well, I have a point of when I'm going to talk about the, well, I guess I can talk about it now with the Nutrisystem, right? So, you know, listen, listen. I've never dieted my whole life. We know this, right? So I'm on the Nutrisystem. I lose 18 and a half pounds. It's a goddamn miracle. Uh, I enjoy the Nutrisystem diet, but I was getting to, and then, you know, all right, 
So I dare anyone. Who the hell is dieting between Christmas and New Year's? You know what I'm saying? Basically around December 15th, you're like, well, what, are we, what are we doing here? Nobody's dieting this time of the year. I mean, you, you, know, you start on Monday uh, again. You know, uh, this again coming out the 5th. You start on January 4th. So I will be definitely doing that. But I, I'm pretty sure I put it all back on as I had Taco Bell and Wendy's in the last two days. Because, you know, I've, I haven't been eating any of that stuff. So, so what I decided to do, this is not how I wanted to open the show. Not that it makes a difference in any way. But what I decided to do was I was going to try one more month of the Nutrisystem diet. And I'm going to start doing these meal planners because I'm trying to figure out how can I go off this diet, you know, but still keep the mostly portion control, which seems to be working in my diet. And I don't like to cook, but if I can have a thing where I just cook on Mondays, like as soon as I get up and have these containers where I can put meals in that will last three or four days, I think I might be able to do it. So I'm going to give that a try. And the worst part is like buying the containers, you know, like on Amazon, you're like, it's like, buy, it's like when you decide to play golf and then you get like a new wardrobe and a new racket, but you haven't played yet. And you're like, am I really going to do that? It's like when I bought a yoga mat. I'm like, wait, am I really going to use, am I really going to be doing yoga? I mean, fortunately it did work out. I am using it a lot, but you know, that's what, so that's what worries me. You know, I'm buying all these containers. Am I really going to stick to this? But you know, it's 20 bucks, but still, you know, I'm getting a little a little worried about, uh, you know, spending any kind of extra money. But and then on the flip side, I'm like, eh, screw it. God will help. I, I have faith in prayer. <laughs> Taking a sip of coffee. Dunkin' Donuts today. Um, yes. So, uh, again, the uh, tote bags. Uh, also, uh, obviously, I wanted to talk about our last podcast where we left you last time which was the amazing amy heckerling show now some of you have been kind enough to reach out and say it was a really good podcast and i can't tell you how much i appreciate it my sister told me the other day which of course you know we love because that's right from the goodbye everyone my mother loved it gotta get that clip um but i could not be happier of course that uh most of you did like it i was very nervous obviously when I first did it, I didn't listen to it for like a week because I, I, I was just like, I don't I don't think I can handle it. Like, I just feel like I messed up. She was so nice and so cool and I think looks really good. Uh, but, you know, I was mad at myself. Like, I missed a couple of questions that I wanted to ask. Like, just a couple, just two. Like, one, you know, like, how did you decide to take it from the book Emma? You know, like that, you know, that kind of question and... Uh, you know, just, uh, you, th- that's pretty much it. I think maybe there was one other, but yeah, pretty much uh, it went pretty good. I was just, I, I felt I acted nervous, but every, most people told me I didn't. I, <clears throat> I guess there was a lot of name dropping, but I think I do that to, um, make her think that I'm, you know, it's a, I guess that's why people name drop. They want to make you think like you're important. You know, you want to make you think you're important to somebody else. And although, you know, it's a bad habit, uh, you know, something like that, I, I guess it just comes, unfortunately, comes out naturally in the sense I'm just like, I want to share with you, oh, I'm also in the business, so I know what you're talking about, which, of course, is ridiculous, but I guess that's where it comes from. 
you know, I mean, I do mention Sarah Silverman a lot, but I mean, she is, you know, one of my best friends. And I, it's not like I don't talk about, you know, Lawrence Lerman or Lee Maracas a lot, too. It just seems like name dropping when it's, it turns out somebody's a celebrity. You know, I mean, I, I probably mention Lee Maracas on a daily basis as much as I would mention somebody like Sarah Silverman. So if you're if you're talking to somebody all the time, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I always say my friend Lee Maracas. <laughs> I mean, it's the, really the same thing. It just comes out as very pretentious. But whatever the case may be, uh, hey, she was name dropping too. Pulled out that. I was talking to Mel Brooks about birthing, you know, at home. And he said, I'm like, oh, this, uh, this Mel Brooks you speak of, I've never heard of him. Is he good? Hey, she was doing it too. But you know, it's not doing it. It's like I was talking to Mel Brooks. What are you going to do? That's, that's what I say. Anyway, I thought it was really interesting. I, I mean, obviously, it was so great to have her on. It was very exciting. I mean, two years in the making. She was so nice. Uh, how interesting to find out about the music that remember we I think we did a whole show where I figured she was obsessed with the Eagles and that's why she was using all these solo acts Don Henley and Timothy Beachman. She goes, no, I fucking hate the Eagles. I'm sorry if everybody's getting angry. I'm with her 100 percent. I never liked the Eagles. I mean, I liked them more as I went along, but I never liked them either. And it's just funny that uh, it was all like. You know, somebody who was part of the movie was just like, well, I I also manage the Eagles. It, it reminds me of uh, the Bee Gees and Saturday Night Fever and all that stuff. So um, it, especially if you've seen the uh, documentary on the Bee Gees, which we'll talk about at a later date, which is uh, terrific, by the way, if you get a chance. Remember, we are talking about stuff to watch. Uh, I believe it's HBO. Bee Gees documentary. It's perfect. It is what you want. It tells it all. It's really, 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 really good. Very entertaining two hours. Um, I could have totally sat there for another hour, but the story was over. So <laughs> anyway, that all being said, Amy Heckerling's the shit. Um, you know, it's just so funny, right? I'm like, we have so many questions for her. And then I had like, you know, maybe two questions. I, you know, it's like funny. You're like sitting there like you, I have all these plans and I have obviously a sheet of paper with questions. And then I realize when we're talking, these questions are stupid. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I just basically it's better to have like an actor on or something because I mean, somebody like hers. No, it's not better, but it's just, you know, I, I want to ask like fan like questions like, hey, um. What was that like going on in the studio when like Alicia Silverstone said that line? Or would I, I mean, I, I guess we did do that. It was kind of great that she was uh, like, "What about that line?" We like get out of my chair, and she's like, "Oh, I can't take credit for that." What do you mean you can't take credit for? It? I, I I thought somebody else wrote the script. She's like, "Oh, my dad said that." I'm like, "It's funny that she doesn't understand." Why 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 would you say I can't take credit for it? Why don't you just say, "Oh yeah, that's uh, one of my dad's lines." Just say that. You can totally take credit. How are you saying you're not taking credit? For two lines that your dad and your brother said, that that's how you win the prize. You totally take credit. You somehow remember to throw away thing your dad did and said, so I got to put that in my memory banks so someday I can use it in a movie. That that means you can completely take credit for it. That's ridiculous. Uh, if you're, you know, if I'm saying, uh, you know, a, a, a line that David Tells said, you know, to me, because he was trying out a joke and I use it, yeah, then I cannot take credit for that. And, of course, I would have to get permission. But, you know, I'm sure she didn't even have to ask her dad, hey, I'm putting that in the movie. You know, you just pretty much tell your dad, I'm putting that in the movie. 
I mean, God, for, you know, for, if, if he says, oh, please don't do that, I'm sure she wouldn't do it. But, um, you know, why would he say that? Because, uh, Daddy, this is my friend Ty. Get out of my chair. Plus, I think Olga's going to uh, have, I think we're going to get Dan Hedaya to be on the show. Well, that would be exciting. I get the entire cast of Clueless on. Apparently, she's related to him, so I told them to both come on. Uh, Olga Namer and I were uh, speaking again, so everything's fine. I'm also speaking to Rachel Feinstein. Again, everything is uh, right with the world. Again, in the uh, Dave Juskow 2021 uh, situation, or whatever you would call it. So funny on Christmas Day. Christmas Day has always been a very sad and depressing time if you're a single person and a Jewish man. Um, very depressing. You know everybody's with their families. You remember you're single without a family. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, quite frankly, I don't even think my sister would want to invite me over. They, You know, Matt's not Jewish, so they do celebrate a little bit of Christmas action. Which really bothers my uh, mom to no end, of course. But, uh, yeah, there's nowhere to go and nothing to do. And uh, you know everybody's together. And the worst part is um, my neighbor, who I like very much, she's a a, a doctor, lives right across the way. And she's been having, I guess her boyfriend's been staying there. I don't know if she had a boyfriend. Uh, But he's very nice. And I guess they had people over on Christmas Day because I saw her, I don't know, maybe the day before whatever. Anyway, when I was in my kitchen, I could completely hear all of them. Or even, you know, now where I do the the Tuesday night show at the, for the cellar, I am now in my living room, which is right near the door. So I can always hear everybody in the lobby, but I can also hear her and her apartment across the way, you know, I guess when they're in their living room. And it's just so funny. But in my kitchen, you can hear people going, oh, my God, I love this. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, I love it. So I could hear them all unwrapping presents. It was like a joke. It would That would be my, oh, I can't take credit for that, that my neighbors did. You know, if I made a movie uh, about being sad on Christmas, it would be you'd be able to hear your neighbors having a great time with their family, opening gifts, and, and everybody gathered around, and you're just sitting there. Uh, uh, what is it? What was the Fonz doing on Christmas Day, opening a, a, a can of you know, SpaghettiOs and eating it over a, a small uh, hot plate. Isn't that the standard uh, <laughs> Christmas thing a Jew is supposed to do? Or if you're alone on Christmas, for some reason you eat a, a can over a hot plate? Dad, I don't think he went to Waukesha. Richard, do you think Fonzie's really alone? Well, he made up some big story about a party in Waukesha, but I know he's at home. I saw him eating ravioli out of a can. Now, what kind of a way is that to spend Christmas Eve? Oh. Poor Fonzie. I can't believe I didn't do that and film that. Why do I never think of these things on Christmas Day? Next year, I got on December 15th, I have to record myself filming uh, a can of eating a can of, you know, Dinty Moore beef stew over a hot plate. And that's my Christmas. I have to put that out on Christmas Day. Merry Christmas, everybody. Because <laughs> that would be... And, of course, it is the standard cliche thing you're supposed to be doing if you're alone on Christmas. And all the while, that makes it much more funnier. Um, I'm sorry. I'm looking across the street, and it looks like there's these, like, the sunlight is on this building, and it looks like Chinese lettering. And I really want to take a picture of it for Tuesday's show. But I'm sure I can capture it again next week. Speaking of 
the Tuesday show. So tonight we we start our brand new show. It is called the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. It is a weekly now at 7 p.m. Uh, one half hour. My guest tonight, Colin Quinn, Noam Dwarman, the owner of the Comedy Cellar, and the music of Colin Smith, who will be on pretty much every week. And maybe I'll just replace him um, when he's not around or once a week, once a month. Uh, but right now, I just want him to do a song every week. I mean, he's terrific. So, you know, he's like my band. And he wrote an opening song. And it should be super fun. That's this Tuesday. Uh, that's tonight. This comes out on January 5th and every Tuesday. So um, my guest again, Colin Quinn. Next week, my guest will be Greg Fitzsimmons and Liz Mealy. And the week after that, we will have Bonnie McFarlane and little Lenny Marcus. And that is our uh, lineup so far for the first three weeks of the YouTube Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. So that should be fun, and it's something to do. And um, yes, and then we go to... New Year's Eve. Uh, well, what did you guys do? Mike, I'm telling my chair, I'm so... I don't know what to do. It just keeps falling. It's so embarrassing. At least that doesn't happen on the other show. I mean, it does sometimes, but it, it usually stays up for the entire time. When I first sit down, it just goes... I, I guess I must be too much weight for the chairs. It's so embarrassing. Um, anyway, uh, New Year's Eve, what did you guys do? I mean, it was such a strange... New Year's, now all this uh, these reports are coming out of everybody having these parties and parades in Florida. Well, Florida doesn't give it. I mean, Florida's brilliant. Now they're br- Florida's like the uh, the homeschooling that we used to make fun of, and now anybody that homeschooled is a genius. Florida's giving out vac- vaccinations like clockwork. They're doing so much better than at least New York and the rest of the country, and Florida's had everything open, and you haven't heard anything about them. I, I guess... We're all jerks, and Florida's awesome. I, I don't know what else to say. It's really weird. Um, I, Florida's on top of everything all of a sudden. I, I don't it all the turn around. Everything's open. I was thinking about going there in January to visit my friend Katie. Uh, you know, we want to see each other after, uh, you know, about Trish and everything. Oh, my God, think about this. Remember I told you about that, you know, that poor girl, Trish, uh, who died recently. Um I was talking to her parents, I think, on New Year's Day. No, New Year's Eve, I think, we spoke. And they called and you know to wish me a Happy New Year, which is very nice that they're thinking of me uh, <laughs> during the New Year, but I understand it. And I think they both got COVID, or they were exposed to it and couldn't go out for dinner, which is completely acceptable in New Jersey. Um, oh, my. And I'm like, what the fuck did you guys do in a past life to deserve this shit? I mean, that's all you need. They were finally going to have a pleasant evening after their daughter just died with these friends that apparently they've met for the past 50 years on New Year's and gone to like a restaurant together. It was the 50th anniversary of meeting these two people and they couldn't go because they might have COVID. I mean, that just seems like, you know, how for so many years I just assumed God hated me and now I realize he really hates everybody. Uh, Well, uh, clearly he hates this family. Because that's just not fair. You're finally going to have a decent time. Your daughter just died, uh, you know, who you loved very much. Oh, my goodness. What a mess. 
I feel bad for them. But so anyway, uh, New Year's, I was I mean, this was a perfect New Year's for Dave Juskow. I wish they were all like this. No fear of missing out on anything. Now, I was supposed to open for a tell at the stress factory, but I could, it was bothering me. I was having like a panic attack every night. I just I was very nervous about traveling out of the city. Um, I didn't know what they were doing with Times Square. And as you know, my car is parked in Times Square. So I was just very uptight about it, and I didn't want to do it. So he goes, well, I, I, you know, I really have a lot of comics. I'm like, well, then don't worry about me. Don't worry about me. He's been very kind, David Tell, to ask a lot of comics to open for him because they all need work and they all want to perform. So he's asked, like, so many. It's too many. In fact, he has a show tonight, again, recording this on Saturday. And I'm like, don't worry about me because I know he has other comics and other people that, you know, they really, that's what they really do for a living. I mean, I know I was trying to do that, but. I guess people do consider me a real comic now. I guess I don't know, but I just don't feel like one. So I'd rather somebody else get a chance. I know it's weird and I don't care. So it doesn't matter. So I was really glad I didn't have to do that. That was the only thing maybe I missed out, but it didn't bother me in the least. And I just went down uh, to my friend Michelle's and she had this uh, woman, Julie, over who, you know, was really annoying. And I'm like, well, that's going to be shitty, but um, it's going to be shitty anyway. It's just not a lot of laughs. But it, it was perfect, you know, and I, I made the, uh, the, the sweet and sour meatballs again. I, I bought over some champagne. She had some cheese and crackers and some shrimp cocktail, which, of course, is my favorite. I think she knew. And she made me some eggnog, which I'd never had before, which was quite delicious. And uh, I got there. You remember, I wanted to do it three in the afternoon. I'm having so much trouble with the, the time change again that uh, I wanted to do it at three in the afternoon. She's like, we'll meet at eight. And I'm like, eight? What's the point of meeting at eight if we're not making it to midnight? You know, nobody, even if people went out for dinner, they, they were home by 10 because everything closes down. So I'm like, well, what's the, why do we have to meet late? Let's just meet at three in the afternoon, <laughs> you know, meet and then we'll go home. I mean, that was my big plan. Well, we met at seven, stayed until 10, and then I went home. And then I was splitting a headache because of the stupid champagne. Um, and I was perfectly fine doing that. And so then I was watching. Now, normally, I don't watch the ball drop or anything. I mean, that's the last thing you want to know is that everybody's having a good time but you, you know. But this year, I'm like, well, let's see how this works. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I don't know whether you guys watched, but these were the most pathetic things I've ever seen maybe in my life. ABC New Year's Rockin' Eve had J-Lo on around 11.45. There's no one else around we still got to watch this woman doing whatever she does. I mean, is she talented? Has Have we decided? Is that all we can get now? Is, you know, J-Lo and her husband just sitting around being privileged and being able to be in Times Square? Aren't we sick of that? Why? Who are they performing for? Why even have that? Yeah really rubbed me the wrong way then i switched over to cnn it's anderson cooper and uh the other gay guy uh from you know watch whatever andy something or other and um they're talking to Mariah carey now see that made sense to me is the two gay guys talking to the gay icon that is an interesting new year's eve but then they um then they cut. Then after that, around eleven fifty, eleven fifty-five, they had this horrible woman singing "Imagine" from John Lennon, and I'm like, "Boy, you guys suck. This is not what I want to hear." I went to NBC. I was just checking out everybody's coverage. 
remember, they're all in the same space, and the other shows are bleeding into their show. So I'm on NBC, and I'm watching this douchebag talking to, you know, the two people in the crowd that you're just pissed off. Like, how the fuck did they get there? I know they're frontline workers and stuff, but it's still pissing you off. And they're like, who the fuck are these people? And, uh, and you know, and you can hear the CNN, imagine bleeding into their thing. And I'm like, well, why don't I just watch that? But meanwhile, NBC was in a complete commercial break at 11.59. What the fuck kind of, who's running that shit? I mean, that's like the one thing. You don't want to have a commercial. You want to be on the air at least at 11.55 to build up the suspense. I mean, at least. I would say you definitely want to be on from 11.45 to midnight without a commercial because you want to build up this. At 11.59, really? You think people are going to watch your channel at midnight when you're in a commercial? Then you're going to tune in. You're like, I feel like I'm missing something. And then at 11.59, Mayor de Blasio and his wife pressed that button to let the ball drop. 11.59, Mayor de Blasio. They had this guy who everybody is just so sick of. Press that button. At this time now, everybody just hates Cuomo more than they hate de Blasio. But, oh, it just couldn't have been a worse situation. I was sorry I watched it all. But I just couldn't find the the 90 sitcoms I was looking for to uh, get me out of that mess. The... uh, programming was just okay i think they had a little godfather on or something so i ended up watching that uh, this disney channel show called jesse <laughs> with debbie ryan and peyton list from cobra kai um because what they did was my favorite thing where they had the last episode and then the first episode and i don't know it, apparently for me it does not matter what show it is i find that completely fascinating the last episode and the first episode. I just, I don't know why I need to, those those are my favorite things to do. I think it's a six-year difference. And uh, so that made, that made my new year. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. I'm watching Jesse. Oh, my God. What is the matter with me? But really, just horrible, horrible New Year's Eve coverage. And just stupid to even drop that stupid ball. Why would you even want to call attention to anything at this point? How is that helping anybody? You're celebrating. It's not normal. Don't, don't air anything. Just be normal. It really, that, that would be the best way to like, that's the best way to let people know there's a problem. Don't have it. You know, otherwise you're having it. People are celebrating. They're going to congregate. Then what kind of message is that? If you're saying we can't hang out with each other, if you're sending that message. I was talking to my friend in California yesterday, and she says she's friends with, well, we're all friends with this girl, this girl named Phaedra, and she's been flying all over the place and saying, you know, the only place it's weird is New York and L.A. Everywhere else in the country is normal. I mean, I wouldn't know. I mean, uh, a lot of you guys that live out, I, you know, when I was mailing stuff out, I saw a lot of people in the Midwest and stuff. I mean, is that the case? Is everywhere else normal and it's just bad here in Los Angeles? In Los Angeles, I just hear horrible things about it. I mean, it's just so weird. You can't eat outside in Los Angeles. Like, that's so today they were having a listing in the, in the post about the places you can eat outside in Chinatown. No thanks. You know, I want to support a lot of these restaurants, and I'm going to give you a list ne- uh, next week or the week after. Uh, we're having Wendy Lieben as a guest. You know I've been waiting to get her on uh, in a week or two, so I'm not sure which day. But um, 
I have a list of all the restaurants that have closed thanks to COVID forever. And uh, it's a, there's a sad list and then a glad list of good riddance. Um, you know, a lot of snobatoriums. But, uh, yeah, they were talking about Chinatown restaurants and how they've, you know, have, you know, some structures set up for dining. Well, you know, no thanks. Chinatown is gross enough to eat in. You not only do you know there's rats there because you see them, but yeah, I mean they're just they're they're all over. So eating out that walking down Mott Street in Chinatown will make you not very hungry. There are so many rats. Now I know there's rats all over the city, but for some reason they're just that place is smelly and garbage filled and it's gross. So eating outside in Chinatown, if you're on Mott Street or anything, is just not a great plan at all. It's gross down there. It's not like, you know, eating on like one of the avenues, which, you know, most of the rats, uh, you know, you usually find rats scurrying around uh, the side streets because they're quieter. But these are the avenues are better to eat on if you're not looking for a rat infested place. But that's the thing. Of course, we all know inside the restaurants there's rats, but they're not as prevalent. I think I got that right. As they are, uh, Outdoors, of course, which is a nightmare. Uh, oh, yesterday for New Year's Day, they had an odd couple marathon. So um, I was watching and uh, I saw the last episode of that one, which I, I guess I'd never seen. Yeah, it's really great being an odd couple expert being asked to be on a show and never have seen the last episode. I guess I've always seen the ending and I never saw the last one or maybe I just don't remember it. I was watching the last one where Felix gets remarried, but Oscar is making dinner. Because Felix is angry at uh, Gloria for something. He's making dinner. He goes, yeah, no, that's a great recipe. I got it out of Racing Digest. <laughs> now I want to get Racing Digest and see it. I, I just kind of want to use that line. You know what? I'm just going to use that line from now on. What's your sweet and, sp- sweet and sour meatball recipe? I don't know. I got it out of Racing Digest. <laughs> that is really, really funny. Um, oh. And be, uh, before I go on with uh, just, I, I don't know, yeah, I'm just going from place to place. And I even had, I decided to do a little more structure uh, today. I um, So, you know, um, my friend Sophia, a very beautiful, pretty model Sophia, who uh, doubled for Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84, which we will talk about in a second, um, got me into uh, investing in stocks like every millennial and person is doing these days and once you know dave just was in you should probably get out because it's over just like when my friends when i started getting into bitcoin and like if just was getting into bitcoin it's over but uh i needed something to do with this uh you know this uh, uh what is it what's it called an ira or something it's just sitting there like i i think i maybe i told i think i told you guys when i first got fired i asked this guy you know for help. He's got an investment website. He's like, I don't know how to help you. So I was so happy when Sophia was so kind enough. She's like, do you want to invest in stocks together? Anyway, so we've been doing it and it's been, you know, fun, certainly, you know, it's a little scary, but it's something to do. And she's really funny because, you know, she has ideas, but then she gets nervous and, um, you know, whatever. But the, so I, I don't know anything about stocks, obviously. You know what I know about? I know about, uh, you know, television shows. That's uh, from the 70s. That's what I know about, right? 
Uh, they got a hot girl on it. I don't know about the show. You ask me something about two broke girls, I'll tell you something. Uh, whatever. But um, <laughs> two broke girls. Um, so I I don't usually uh, purchase stocks on my own. You know, I'm not. I don't know what to look for or anything like that. She gives me. Uh, she tells me what she's thinking of, and I can choose to. That's why I would never get mad at her if she messes up. I'm, I've told that before. I said, well, don't. I wouldn't get mad at you. <laughs> you know, it's my choice to follow you. So don't worry. It's the one point in my life I'm uh, like a normal person where I'm not getting mad for no reason. Uh, But with all that said, the one thing, the only thing I've been doing is only going off the movie. And so uh, about five, five days ago, right after Christmas, I bought this stock called Luminaria. I can't even pronounce it. I cannot even pronounce it. And they are an agribusiness. And they handle lemons, avocados, and oranges. Because there was no way, if Dave Juska was investing in a stock, he wasn't going to be prepared on the first day after New Year's. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, Hey, hey, the Dukes are trying to corner the market. They know something. I can feel it. Let's get in on it. bought a stock so i can uh, <laughs> i was talking to lee and i'm like well you know what i'm really hoping for is that the crop report after the new year that the that the cold winter hasn't affected the harvest and then my stock should be okay <laughs> and i swear to god i guess just to make myself laugh i was brushing my teeth the other day and i and i just was spitting out the water and i go unless that crop report was God help us. I just keep doing the lines because I had to buy the stock and the stock was going down and going down. I'm like, no, no, I got to keep it. I got to keep it until at least Monday (laughs) because God help us. If that stock report, I mean, believe me, I looked up to see if there was actually a frozen concentrated orange juice stock and there is, 
but you can't invest in it. I think it's foreign. I don't know. I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't get it. So then I went into. Uh, I was like, well, let me find out what Minute Maid is or something, and then that's Coke, and uh, I wasn't ready to invest in that. And then I was like, come on, there's got to be some sort of orange crop. There's got to be something I can buy. And I found this crop, Luminera, and they they actually grow oranges and lemons. (laughs) That's my stock for the new year. Um, I was talking to this guy, Clarence Beeks, and he had said that uh, he had some insider information on uh, whether the crop report was going to be positive or not. So... I just figured, you know, what the hell? I'll just uh, go for it. Unless, of course, the crop report. I just keep doing it. I can't I can't stop myself. It's, how am I ever going to get married? What woman am I going to marry where I just keep walking around the house and going, unless that crop report, stop it. She's going to be so angry. <laughs> it's going to be worth it every time. Because <laughs> I'm annoying. And it's awesome really awesome so sunday uh you know how i like to go out on sunday my friend alina who we had on the show is a nurse who got vaccinated who will be getting her second vaccination today and then she will be a superhero one would assume because she works at the hospital um she was kind enough to come here sunday with her car and take me over to fort lee new jersey over the George Washington Bridge, where you can sit down and eat indoors like a gentleman. And we did just that. You know, you can't eat indoors here in the city, and I am sick of eating outside. I get my feet get too cold. I don't have the proper shoe wear or socks. I never get cold in my body. Uh, Just my hands and my feet get cold. And that is not, I can't sit outside. It just sucks. So right over the bridge, it's just like Godfather 2. That's what I'm saying. 50 miles away, there's a government that wants to do business with its people. Michael, I would I didn't want to say this in front of the others, that you were having doubts. There's a suitcase with $2 million in my hotel room. If it's there when I get back, I'm going to lie down and take a nap. If it's there when I get back, I'll know I have a partner. If not, but, um, yeah, so we went to this, uh, Korean barbecue place and it was awesome. And I got a pictures. I think I showed it on uh, last Tuesday's show and it was great. And we had a great time and she's way cool. And then we got chicken parm heroes to take home, which of course I ate afterwards anyway, cause I'm disgusting and I'm going through a time that's all going to change. Uh, it was just so much fun because, you know, you could eat inside like a human and have a good time and be warm and cozy without your mask. Now, can you catch COVID in a restaurant? Sure you can. But I guess a lot of us are willing to take that risk because we just want to do so- because it's been a year. <laughs> and and it's, it's uh, really tough to ask people to hold off longer than six months. I think, I, I think everybody's been pretty good, well-behaved. But there's just so much you can ask people to do. And right now, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but I think there's something going on. I mean, what the fuck is with this Cuomo guy? I never liked him anyway. I've told you that in the podcast before. But, I mean, what the fuck is he doing? 
you can't keep the restaurants open 25%, but you'll open Bloomingdale's? Bloomingdale's? A department store can be open, but a fucking restaurant with a couple of people in it is bad? I think Bloomingdale's with no windows and nothing going on is 10 times worse. And it's not just Bloomingdale's. Are Bloomingdale's open? Macy's open? They're all open. Department stores with no windows on purpose. I know how difficult it is to leave Bloomingdale's because they make it very difficult for you to find the exit on purpose. That seems like a much worse situation. My sister told me yesterday she went to a a New Year's Eve dinner in Jersey and they were playing music so loud she had to scream at everybody to talk to them, which is even 10 times worse. That's apparently how it spreads. My God, what a mess. That guy, that Cuomo, I, I think he is punishing New York City for some God knows reason. Maybe it's a Trump-related thing. I don't know, even though Trump doesn't live here, so I can't imagine what it would be. But you got to open these restaurants again, man. It ain't cool. At least at the 25% capacity. It's unacceptable. Everything's closing because you suck. People have to make a living. We'd rather be dead. That's the point. Oh, I didn't want to get into this. Anyway, Alina told me, I am getting into it. Alina told me, she went back to work. She said, I can't see anybody until I get the second vaccine because it's really bad here. And she's the one who was always like, it's over. It's over. She goes, no, it's really bad here again. I feel horrible for these people. And she's tough, really tough. I never hear her talk like that. So things are bad again. So I guess that's why they closed the restaurants. But I just don't think closing the restaurants is going to help the cause. That's all I'm saying. I understand not gathering and all that kind of stuff, but you know you got to leave the restaurants open. Just 25% capacity, it's not even enough to survive. But it's something, and am I being selfish because I want to eat in a restaurant? Probably. But I'm really not. These guys, they can't live in the outside during the freezing cold weather. You know, and again, I talk about the waiters. Oh, my God, what a nightmare being a waiter in an outdoor restaurant in February. So on Monday, I go to the city MD because I need a prescription filled. And, of course, you know, they're all uh, fakakta over there because everybody wants to get a, uh, you know, a, t- a, a, a test, a COVID test. But to get a COVID test, you got to get there at 8 in the morning, wait online for two hours, then get a time, then, you, then they text you when to come back. I'm like, I just want a prescription. I'm actually here for, the, uh, for an, a, a regular old-fashioned reason. So I go there and I say, oh, look, I know it's the city MD. I know it's not a regular doctor. I go there. I, look, I go, listen, I need this prescription filled. Many times when you guys fill it, you do it the wrong way and you make it a capsule. It's supposed to be a tablet. Okay, it's a tablet. I don't care what it is, but I've been told that they won't give it to me if it's a capsule. Like CVS won't give it, me the prescription because it's supposed to be a tablet. It's supposed to be a tablet capsule. Somehow it's different. I don't know why. This is for a thyroid problem I got. Um, so I tell the woman, and she goes, yeah, don't worry. I get the printout of what it is. She's like, I sent it to CVS. I get the printout. It clearly says capsule on it. I go to the front desk. And I said, listen, uh, this says capsule. Are you sure this is the right one? Because last time there was a problem, they couldn't get it for me. And uh, it's supposed to say tablet. She goes, no, no, that's fine. I'm like, are you sure? Because how come it doesn't, you know, I can't remember what it said last time, but I'm pretty sure capsule isn't the correct thing. She goes, no, no even though it says capsule, you know, whatever it was that her stupid explanation. 
Then I get a text from CVS saying, what the fuck is this? What are you, who the fuck are you? And uh, they go to CVS and they tell me the story. And they're like, no, you can't get a capsule, dummy. And I'm like, okay. So I go back to CityMD on Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever the fuck it was. And I said, listen, what I tell you? And they give me another number I got to call. And I call that number. And I said, listen, I said I, I need a tablet. <clears throat> and it all worked out. But what a pain in the ass that they wouldn't listen to you when you're clearly saying, just make sure it's a tablet and not a capsule. Yeah, 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 I got it. Don't worry about it. Of course, they are overrun with COVID tests, so I guess, I guess. I, uh, on Tuesday after the show, I usually like to uh, talk to people. Oh, because after the show on Tuesday, I went to another show, which was the Comedy Cellar 2020 wrap-up show. Uh, with Noam and Hatem, this guy um, who runs the live from the pot, live from the podcast or something, and um, that was fun. But you know, I'm always exhausted after the show, so doing another one was tough. And then I talked to this girl who I always liked, who was very pretty, and moved away um, because we wanted to talk about Trish because she was friendly with her as well. She moved to North Dakota. It was very nice. She moved to North Dakota. I don't think I've ever, I've definitely never spoken to anyone in North Dakota, and I have never known anybody to live there. But the funny thing is I liked talking to her because almost like that girl I talked to in Vermont, she's just as depressed as I am. You know, I mean, she's just like me. I mean, she's like, oh, my life didn't work out well. It's horrible. You know, and I'm like, I like talking to people like that. Obviously, it makes me feel better that there's others like me especially pretty girls. I don't mean it like that, but you know what I mean? Like, because my sister and I are always like, what, what problems could they have? They're gorgeous. And she's like saying, she's like, all I want to, but it was so funny. Cause she's like, all I want to do is work at this chimpanzee sanctuary and they won't let me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. My dream job is to work at a chimpanzee sanctuary. And I'm like, wait, somebody told you to tell me this because they know I have a podcast, right? It's like, no, I just want to get a good job at a chimpanzee thing. So I'm like, stop saying that. <laughs> and you know what's really fucked up is if your dream job is to work at a chimpanzee sanctuary and you can't fulfill that, I could see where it's like me. What, what do I always say? Uh, right, my dream job is to pl- is to play is to do a show about John Adams and make and, and make a show and play John Adams in a in a in a in a, in a TV show or a play. Now who wants no nobody wants that. No one. So to not be able to achieve something that you've never heard anyone else say in their life. I mean for me no one's ever wanted to say that. No one's ever said that ever. And don't tell me that guy that, uh, unfortunately, I look like that, uh, you know, who played it in the HBO show, tell, that he woke up one day and said, well, my dream. is that, No, that did not happen. Um, now, a chimpanzee's uh, sanctuary, yeah, there must be some people who really want to do that. But it's so funny that she's so focused on chimpanzees. She's like, well, there's a place in New Orleans, but it's not a great neighborhood. And quite frankly, if I lived in North Dakota, I'd be terrified to go to New Orleans. But apparently she wants to go to Africa, which is even funnier. I don't know why. But I just thought that was hilarious, um, especially when you're, you know, crying about it. <laughs> I just, well, what's your dream? To work in a chimpanzee sanctuary. 
Where do you even what? Why? Why chimpanzee? Where? where how do you get obsessed with those kind of things? But I guess uh, it's like that crocodile hunter or whatever the guy who died because he's a moron. He's like, I like working with crocs. I like them. I guess you just latch onto an animal and you're like, <clears throat> you know, this is what I like to do. I like to. I've always wanted to work with koala bears. You know, they're my thing. Find out about kangaroos, how they work. I guess there are certain people who just want to focus on one thing. Not all animals, just one thing. Chimpanzees. I don't know why. <clears throat> Maybe that's why she likes me. Because <laughs> I'm, you know, hairy and disgusting. And so on, on Wednesday, I went to uh, Hoboken, you know, to make my pets. Took the ferry. And it was freezing. And then I took the city bike down to the village to go to the bar I usually go to on Wednesdays in the West Village. And I was freezing. But I wore different boots, but they still don't work. They're Timberlands, and they still suck. My feet are freezing, right? I can't get warm. I, Olga was supposed to meet me, and uh, probably my fault. She I said, let's hang out Wednesday. I keep forgetting to tell people when I say I want to hang out with you, I want to hang out with you at 4.30. I need to hang out before it gets dark, 4.30, 5 o'clock. I don't want to be, where are we going at 8 o'clock? Everything closes at 10. Anyway, so what, you know, what are we doing? It's a pandemic. It's not normal. So I just want to hang out at 4.30. I want to go home. So I called her. I'm like, I'm here. And she's like, what? I wasn't, I thought we were going to like 7 o'clock or whatever. And I'm like, well, we didn't say any time. So I felt bad. I totally blew her off because I, I, there was no way I could wait there till 7. My feet were freezing. So I just went there and I left and then I took the, the motorcycle or whatever you call it home, the scooter, really quick and freezing still. And I could not get my core temperature up for the next four hours. I know I could have probably gotten in the shower. I was just I was just so happy to be home, but I just could not get my core temperature. I had to put the heat on and I don't think it was that cold outside. I had to put both heaters on. And then, you know, that that works. These heaters, they you know, you have to be careful because you can't keep them on all day because they really you know blast and for years i couldn't even turn it on in my apartment because it wouldn't turn off but the super finally came up and fixed it so now i can actually turn it off and on but when you turn it off be prepared to still be hot for the next three to four hours i mean boiling hot where it you know bothers your skin and everything and definitely uh, you know hurts your throat all that fun stuff but uh certainly is pleasant when it's really cold outside and then i just um i think i ordered a bunch of taco bell and ate it god damn it because it what was that christmas eve no new year's eve. no new year's eve was thursday right so i just i was like i don't know i didn't know what to do i taco bell what was i thinking Ugh, i don't even know why i say i don't i don't know what i'm doing well you know again none of this will be the case on my let's get it out of the system and starting on Monday, this this again coming out Tuesday. I'm 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 already back on the Nutrisystem. So I'm going to do like a week of the Nutrisystem, then try these meal plans that I make myself, but still have, you know, I can break it up. I can make that last that four hundred dollars I spent on that for the month. I can make that last probably two months. So that's not bad when you think of it that way. And uh, well, doesn't that leave us to? Uh, Today, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm filming on Saturday. Uh, 
We don't really have any plans, just doing some stuff. And then Sunday, of course, the last day of football, thank God. And, uh, you know, a full day of football. But i got to figure out whether I want to go out on Sunday. But, you know, I love going out Sunday. It works, man. When Alina went out, it made my whole week. It works not staying in Sunday. I get very depressed. But uh, I don't know if I can eat outside. Maybe the restaurant across the street. Maybe that's it. I don't think I can eat outside otherwise. It's just too cold. I can't take it. It's not meant for me. Dave Jusko, you know, I'm I'm Israeli. I'm Jewish. I'm not supposed to be in cold weather. <laughs> My people uh, don't, uh, we, we don't do well in the cold weather. We need to be <laughs> warmer. <laughs> like I'd last two seconds in the desert. I'm hot. I wish it was winter. <laughs> Oh, I'm horrible. All right. Let me tell you what not to watch. Wonder Woman 84. I watched it on Christmas Day when it came out on HBO Max. I could not have been more excited. I enjoyed the first Wonder Woman very much. And I was really looking for Now, it's not a movie, the first Wonder Woman that I ever want to watch again. But I enjoyed it because I think I just enjoy her. She's fantastic. She's perfect. She, she, I don't even know if she's a good actor or whatever. It's, this is just like Christopher Reeve all over again with this woman, Gal Gadot. I will watch her in any movie because she's Wonder Woman and terrific as Wonder Woman. And it's just so pretty and so beautiful. I don't care whether she can act at all. Again, it goes back to Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve was a very bad actor. But I couldn't care less. I would watch this guy in anything. He's fucking Superman. And he's just awesome. But he's one of the worst actors I've ever seen. You can see him acting. You know, it's one of those things. And we've talked about this multiple times. But Gal Gadot is just like that for me. Remember, she came out with that imagined thing. Everybody's bashing her. I'm like, well, don't bash her. She's a moron. You know, that's it. She didn't know she was fucking up. She's just a pretty girl. Um, You're too pretty to read. But she's so beautiful. So I was totally so. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Wonder Woman, it takes place in 1984. So smart. This is the worst movie I've ever seen. I hate Patty Jenkins, as you know, when I mentioned it with Amy Heckerling. I said, why are we praising this woman? We should be praising somebody like Amy Heckerling. Well, this is a really bad job in every way. Bad writing, bad direction. This Patty Jenkins stinks. And until I see a decent piece of work from her, um, I'm not in. Because, you know... Just because you want to have a female director doesn't mean they have to suck. You know, there's plenty of people out there, i.e. Amy Heckerling or E.G. You could use it both ways. Who are very competent in their direction and very good at writing and would do much better. Now, maybe she doesn't direct action movies, but neither does Patty Jenkins. I mean, she, it's, it's bad. You'll see. I'm not crazy. This is a wasted, wasted opportunity. Everything about this movie is bad. And you got Kristen Wiig in it. She's fantastic. She's wonderful in everything. And it's not her fault. Uh, It's not Gal Gadot's fault. It's the writing and directing. It's Patty Jenkins' fault. They wasted a, a thing that takes place in 1984. I guarantee if you watch this movie, you'll be sitting there going, why did this take place in 1984? They might have made two gags. That it took place in the 80s, both, mostly the wardrobe for the, the, the kid from Star Trek. 
And they made a couple of jokes. Otherwise, why did it take place in the 80s? What was the point of it taking place in the 80s? What's the reason? Well, I don't... And uh, the opening scene? What was that for? Nothing. It goes nowhere. Her as a young kid. It goes nowhere. It doesn't progress the plot in any way. It, it, it stunk. I mean, it was god-awful. And... The, 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 the fact, the way they uh, bought back, you know, I'm not going to tell you, the, the Chris, Chris Pine, is that there's too many Chris's and Pines and whatever. Um, stupid, horrible, horrible premise. Um, and, and I could have really gone with anything because if you remember the Wonder Woman TV show, it started in World War II and then they brought it up to the present day. Uh, very simple to do in comics, books and stuff like that. The way they, oh boy, this was awful. I'm going to go sitting there going like, what the fuck? When's it going to pick up? When's it going to pick up? And then I said to myself also, hold on a second. Let's look at this a different way. Maybe this is made for women. Now, you know it's not. Patty Jenkins and uh, whatever universe she's in is trying to make a movie, trying to make a superhero movie for boys. Just the way Amy Heckerling, (laughs) I know, I'm sorry, I'm obsessed. As you know, I've been obsessed with Amy Heckerling, right? So... This isn't news that I would just keep calling her out. But I'm just saying, here's a woman who we always say made a classic boys comedy. Well, this is a woman that made a superhero movie that clearly just was well, made for nobody. But I was looking at it. I said, well, maybe it's made for women. I said, I was just looking at it from a different direction. I'm like, maybe it's a woman director who's making a movie for women. Because a lot of times, I think it was my friend Lawrence who told me when they were making the Sex in the City movie, which was, I believe, directed by a man but a gay man, he said uh, the way it was long and drawn out, remember that Sex in the City, at least the second one, was like two and a half hours and drawn out. And, and, and my friend Lawrence goes, and, I, and he, you know, he, he's a movie guy. He goes, this is the way women like movies. I, I don't know why he said that, so it sticks in my mind. I don't know if it's true. He's like, they like to, you know, really, you know, follow the story and they like that it takes this long period of time. I, I, I don't know why he thinks that. I, he had a theory on it. And it sounded correct to me because that's the way like Sex and the City 2 was. I was it, I said to myself, I don't think this is meant for a man. And uh, I really enjoyed the first one very much because I'm a strange man uh, who's obviously uh, has some homosexual problems. Uh, no, but, you know, I like uh, chick movies and stuff like that. So that's why I like I can look at this in a different way. But if if, the, if no. You know, because I thought I said, well, maybe this is just made for women. This is the, this is the story. Women would like this kind of but no no it's bad on every level i i just i refuse to believe that it has made a certain way for women to like there's plenty of women who like uh you know in the avengers uh or any of the other ones that are you know that used to be made for boys um that they now clearly make for everybody and this is just another example of DC not being able to come close to what Marvel does. Uh, the music was bad. Just so everything was cliche by the book. And if you're making a movie with a woman, a beautiful woman as a heroine and a legend, you know, you know, don't be cliche. Why are you going to be cliche? Is that the gag? Is that what you're doing? You're making a cliche on purpose? Like, well, it's a female one so we'll just make it the like a normal superhero i don't know i just feel there was so much opportunity there to really have some fun being in the 80s 
There was no music from the 80s at all. This is a fucking superhero movie. I'm sure you have money to buy a Duran Duran song. There was Oh, it, the music was awful. Just so typical and awful. The, the, the premise is awful. The only saving grace to the movie is the after credits thing. When you watch it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Anybody that listens to this podcast totally will get it. Um, otherwise, it's a bag of shit. And it really pissed me off because I was I could not wait. You know I don't usually watch movies, but I'm like, Christmas Day, that's coming out. I will be there. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to watch it and I'm going to be psyched. And I just felt myself going like, oh, how much longer is this going? It's god awful. Speaking of awful as well, I finished The Flight Attendant with Kaylee Kuko. That was awful and hard to watch. And after the fourth episode, when I was like, this sucks, this sucks, I had to keep going. And I'm like, oh, let me just finish this. There was eight episodes. I'm like, I got to see who the, who the villain is. I got to find out. Oh, my God. She's horrible. Talk about, I don't know whether it's bad acting or bad script in this case, because, you know, I like her. I like her look, but she was so horrible. I mean, I know it's a character she's playing, but it was just like, you're so selfish and horrible, and I guess that's the character, but it was whiny and awful, and the whole time you're just like, be a man. You know, like, not be a man. You know what I'm saying? Just grow up. It, it, oh, it was, it was awful. Really just bad. Um, fuck. Uh, I can't, so I can't recommend it. My All right, so we'll find out. My friend Victoria, who's been on the show before, uh, she's watching and she enjoyed the first episode, which so did I. Uh, and I said, well, keep with it. You tell me if I'm crazy. So we'll find out next week when she finishes it. Also, I had no idea Sabrina, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, everybody knows, my favorite show. I didn't know there was another season. I thought it was canceled. I guess when they said it was canceled, they said it was canceled after the fourth season. So there's a brand new season. But, you know, I got to invest in, you know, I wasn't ready for that. I, I, you know, I can't watch it at night. It's scary. <laughs> and there's a new season of Cobra Kai, which I'm very excited about. But again, that one gives me agita as well. Because I, I just get too nervous when I watch these things. It's ridiculous. And I just get angry when people are just stupid. Boy, I be, have become an old man when it comes to people just being stupid and you know, dropping stuff or causing problems or when they're spying on somebody, knocking something over, that kind of shit is making me angry. And I don't think it's just me. I'm, I guess I'm really sick of the cliche stuff. And you know I love cliche shit. I mean, you know I do. But they're not doing it the right way. They're not doing it the fun way that makes Dave Just Got Laugh and happy. So all these shows are just getting on my nerves. A lot of them. Uh, just because the way the the characters are, which I blame the actors for being where you should, uh, you know, unless you're doing uh, like the character uh, Dave Jessica did in the Sarah Silverman program, that's different. I'm supposed to be a complete ass. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. Talk to your director and say, is this really necessary for this character to be this stupid? I don't know. It's driving me crazy. I think my dad was like this later on. Actually, he hated Frank Burns on MASH. Um but, you know, Frank Burns turned out to be our favorite character because, you know, you just love to hate him. I mean, that's the gag. And he wasn't, like, stupid, stupid. He didn't do, like... I mean, he was stupid, but he was just an asshole. He didn't do, like, stupid stuff, like knock stuff over and everything and be an asshole and spoil the plan. 
He was an ass anyway. Uh, anyway, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I really don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just telling you, we got to talk about shows, what people can watch, because still people are, even though the new year starts and everything gets back to, quote, normal, it doesn't. We're still looking for stuff to watch. We're still indoors. There's still nowhere to go and eat out, and everything's closing early, and I don't know. How are we all going to survive? I don't know. All I know is that the sun is shining and there's blue skies over Manhattan, which would make everything seem, how could anything possibly be wrong with a beautiful day like today? Well, that's our show for today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, I guess I got to tell you what I was doing over the holidays. And uh, perhaps you will uh, let me know how your holidays went. Uh, Of course, don't forget to watch me and Colin Quinn tonight, January 5th, on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. And every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock for our Chicago and Midwestern friends and uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon in California, which of course makes no sense. But again, it is supposed to uh, be a show that the Comedy Cellar is alive and ticking and what an honor it is to have the owner and proprietor and have his blessing that Dave Juskow can uh, be what do you you call it? You know, a a, a thing to tell everybody that uh, I belong at the Comedy Cellar and I'm a Comedy Cellar person. Very exciting for me. And um, anybody else that's ever wanted to be a comic. So that's a big deal. And that is the show we have on Tuesdays. Of course, next Tuesday, uh, we we will um, be back in every form. We will be planning our uh, monthly video. So it'll probably be uh, Wendy Liebman. I don't know if that's next week or the week after. But that is the plan. And we have lots of fun in store for you. This in our sixth season and in our 300s edition of the podcast. I hope everybody has such a wonderful new year that it just makes even the thought of 2020 disappear. Uh, I will see everybody next week. Have a great time. It's the Nightfly, everybody. See you next time.